Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm just looking for something here that I saw about uh, 30 seconds ago on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, and I, I can't find it now. But it was, uh, it was from uh, Catherine Swift, who was at the Manning Conference in Ottawa for conservatives in this country. And uh, she joins us from Ottawa. Hi, Catherine. Can you hear me, Catherine? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yeah. Good. Just a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a button that needed to be pushed. Yeah. But not by me. I, I'm perfect. I like it's the other people. Perfect. It's always the other people. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Simpson is with us as well, former liberal member of parliament. Do we have to hang up because it's a conservative thing, Michelle? Absolutely not, Roy. Okay. There's liberals right. here. It's by no yeah. means it's it limited at, at, by any stretch. So Linda's welcome then. I'm not a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just read? Something about Twitter? Something you're tweeting? What's going on? I saw I saw a tweet from you, Catherine. From me? Yeah. Oh, you saw, if you've been following me, you probably see a bazillion tweets from me. Um, I'm uh, I'm actually having a bit of a Twitter war with David Aiken to be the top tweeter of this conference. So any any listener out there, go on to my uh, Twitter feed, which is at Swifty S W I F T I E O one. And you'll see the hashtag for the Manning Conference, which is MCC 2016. And please retweet me. I'm beating him by quite a bit right now. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Why should we care? Because <laughs> it's bragging rights. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. So what's going on at the Manning Conference? And uh, was Kevin O'Leary there yesterday yes, musing yes. about being maybe the leader of the Conservative Party or maybe having to lead the Liberals? Oh, it, yeah, it was quite it was quite a performance, as you can imagine. He's a performer, you know, and it, it was it was funny, though. It was, it was quite entertaining. There was a big crowd for him. Actually, everybody showed up to hear him. And, um, and he was quite actually for Kevin. He was he was kind of low key for Kevin. I mean, you know, he definitely sort of toned himself down a bit, I would say, for the crowd. But, yes, he, he has been saying some things recently. You've probably seen them that Justin Trudeau is not going to last four years. And, you know, he's going to tear up the budget. He was talking about that a lot. He was telling Bill Morneau, the finance minister, he's going to be tearing up that budget on March 22nd. So it was, it was pretty interesting stuff, quite entertaining. Okay, I have one more question before I turn it over to Michelle and Linda. Are conservatives taking Kevin Leary seriously as a potential candidate to lead the party? If you if we walked through the conference and took some people aside and quietly asked them, do you take him seriously? What would the answer be? Total mixed bag. Because I have talked to a lot of people about precisely that question, and it is all over the map. What a lot of people are saying, just a, you know, a, a, an opinion I probably heard most often was that they don't really want him to run. But they they feel it interesting to have him there to throw ideas out and whatnot. First of all, because he has a super high profile, a lot of people that may not normally pay attention to a conservative leadership might do do so, and that's not a bad thing. You're always trying to get your word out. Um, but I think the majority really don't think they they'd actually like him to seriously run, but nevertheless promote discussion. Michelle, can you see him as uh, as the can see Kevin O'Leary as leader of the Liberal Party? Well, you know, when you look at what's happening in the States, I thought it was a joke that Donald Trump would even make it this far. And now he's a front runner. So, you know, nothing would surprise me. Do I believe that Justin Trudeau won't do four years? Um, no, I don't believe no. that. No, I agree, I, I, He'll do four years. Yeah. He'll do four years. We have uh, about a minute. Uh, Linda, question about the Manning Conference for Catherine? Oh, Catherine, I noted that... Uh, 
cannabis and the conservatives was on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, menu. What, what, right. what were they saying about the marijuana? How, how come Lynn is always asking about the dope sessions? You know. <laughs> Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, well, you know my Americans are asking me. They're watching very closely. We have, we have thirty. We have thirty Canada. seconds. We have thirty seconds for an answer. Yeah. Well, I I, I actually didn't attend much of that session because there's a whole bunch of things going on at the same time. Sure. But they were just, you know, they were basically saying it's the reality moving forward. Some of the party elements that don't want that ever to happen are just going to have to suck it up. <laughs> okay. When we come back, when we come back, we'll start with what would be our normal time with Catherine, Linda, and Michelle. And we're going to get at the um, the uh, announcement by the federal finance minister about the deficit and what's going to be happening with that. And then joining us will be Aaron Woodrick. He'll join us later. The federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation about uh, the 18th annual Teddy Waste Awards. Pig statuettes for those who waste most taxpayer money. Stick around. Later on in the half hour, Aaron Woodrick is going to be joining us, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And he'll talk to us about the uh, 18th Annual Teddy Waste Awards, the uh, public money wastes that um, merit golden or gilded, maybe golden, gilded pig statuettes that get into the trough. Speaking of um, money, the federal finance minister, Bill Morneau, on Monday said that when the budget is uh, brought down on the 22nd of March... No, no surprise here. The federal deficit is going to be bigger than, uh, significantly bigger than, than was first promised by the prime minister during the election campaign. Not going to be ten billion. Eighteen billion has been mentioned. More than that, speculated on by others. And uh, the quote from Bill Morneau is: "I know the cries will get louder over the next few weeks, but I won't have budget 2016 simply become a knee-jerk reaction to recent economic shifts. We'll be acting out of reason." The right approach is to invest in the economy. Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, they're the beauties on the beast in this equation. And um, this is our our normal time period. Michelle, let me start with you, please. Um, When do you hear this from the government, uh, your former party? or I I guess, are you still a party member? Yes, yes, I am. So when you hear this, and and you're nonpartisan, and you've proven that to us so many times, when you hear this, this statement from the finance minister, what are you hearing? Well, not directly, but what am I reading into it? Yeah. That, of course, it is going to be significantly larger. Um, I, again, I have no idea how much larger than what was predicted, and he's confirmed that. But I, I guess what concerns me is, that, you know, it, the, the liberals, you know, when we were in opposite, well, not opposition, necessarily – but we we were all over the conservative government when they were doing things uh, when they weren't reacting to you know current climates and hearing him say well this isn't going to be a reactionary this is a, a kind of budget and I don't necessarily agree that it should be but you know I I just can't get over the hypocrisy. Uh, Linda, what are, what are you hearing when you hear the the finance ministers make this statement? Is it? Do you think it's a situation where they, as they suggest, they had no other option but to do what they're doing? I think it's worse than what he is even admitting, quite honestly. Uh, I hate to uh, steal the thunder from Kevin O'Leary, who's saying that uh, he's predicting an all-out economic collapse, but I think we're in a lot of trouble. 
And, you know, 18.4 billion deficit, perhaps 2016, 17 to 15.5 billion. I, I have a sinking feeling it's going to be worse. And I'm getting disgusted, quite frankly, with every, you know, the Ontario government just put out a budget. Lies, smoke and mirrors. The numbers are not to be believed. And it, it, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, the poor little taxpayer ends up being the one to bail everybody out in the end, and they all think they can spend their way out. But in any event, I just I, I, I don't... When you would it. go, when you would go, Linda, when you go to um, a meeting that was called by finance ministers provincially or federally, and you'd sit with other media people, and you knew what was coming, what did you guys... I mean, did you call them on it ever? Did you ever... Was there an opportunity for you to say to them, hang on a minute... And thank God. Or do they just be disappear behind the curtain? <laughs> oh no, you could call them out on it. I've been in many budgets, locked up, and I'm sure Catherine's been there and Michelle, obviously. And we can call them out. But the thing is, no matter what we write, ten years later, we're still back. We're still getting lied. We're getting lied to. Catherine, you're going to appreciate this story. You, you all three will. I got to know uh, about oh my God, about thirty years ago, I got to know a fellow by the name of Reg Abbas. Reg was the public relations director for Rolls-Royce North America. And uh, I lucked myself into a terrible assignment. I had to go down to Lindhurst, New Jersey, and pick up a brand-new Rolls-Royce and take off for three weeks. Aww, and nice. then yeah, terrible. And I had to report up back on the car what it was like, you know, and I did broadcast it. <laughs> I, I it was it was and then I had to do it again the next year and again the year after that they wouldn't stop forcing me to do this hard job, but Reg told me a wonderful story. He said he used to be a BBC News anchor man, and how he'd be there on budget night, and he said we'd have to wait for the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and sometimes the Chancellor would be late, but we always had a Swiss banker with us. We called them the Swiss gnomes. And the Swiss gnomes have very dry sense of humor. And one evening, when it particularly dragged on, the Swiss gnomes said to me, You know, Reg, if you're ever on top of a building with a Swiss banker, and he jumps, jump with him. There's money to be made on the way down. <laughs> so, well, so if I'm, you believe Kevin O'Leary, there's going to be a lot of people jumping. Well, I, so I'm here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this for some reason. When I'm thinking about Bill Morneau, or Morneau, and uh, and what he said about the deficit, what do you say, Catherine? Well, first of all, the 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 18 billion that he was talking about does not include the 10 billion that they were already talking about spending for infrastructure. So it seems our baseline is 28 billion. Just you know, unless they renege on what they said they were going to spend on infrastructure, anything's possible. But people are actually talking 30 billion, being a more likely number, and that's a ton of money. Um, naturally, we've had, we've, def- we've had deficits in that neighborhood before, but I guess it's, it, on the one hand, it's yet another seriously broken promise. Not broken just a bit, but seriously broken promise. And I guess part of what is bugging me, uh, you know, no, I don't think any Canadian should be happy with a great big deficit, and I don't think a lot of Canadians will be. But what also is bothering me is he's still trying to blame it on the fact that things were worse than they thought when they got into power. That isn't true. Both the finance department bureaucrats, in other words, people that work for him, have said there was a surplus at the end of November, as has the parliamentary budget officer. And I don't know if you've seen um, things today, but apparently, I just saw it on Twitter, Kevin Page, you know, the former parliamentary budget officer that was hugely critical of the Harper government, has come out just today, from what I understand, 
and said the, the Liberal government is less transparent about the finances than the Harper government. Yep. So that, that gets to Linda's yeah. smoke and mirrors comment because I mean the fudging is the fudging government can get away with is disgraceful and and it, there shouldn't be some you know if a company did that they'd be in jail. Just you know I, I I hear him say what he's saying, and I hear others uh, like like uh, bank um, economists saying, yeah it's a good idea to go into deficit in order to um, fund infrastructure improvement. And go ahead and do that because it'll create employment. It'll create forward momentum. I, I think most Canadians don't know how to react. Honestly, I don't know how to react when I hear that. I'm saying to myself, is that sensible? Is that smart? I mean, here's got the finance minister who's not a dummy, not a stupid man. He's well-educated and, uh, you know, he has that portfolio. And we have bank fi- um, economists making those statements. Michelle, help me out. Yeah, uh, Roy, it it really does boggle my mind as much as uh, the lack of the lack of transparency. I honestly I can I'm being very honest here. I do not know what or who to believe anymore when it comes to any of these budgets, because there's so many places to hide. Uh, You know, it's just incredible. And, you know, this oops. It, things were worse, and you know, I, I just, you know, I just, uh, it, it leaves me speechless. So, guys, it, is it, would it be would it be fair to say that they're not budgets, they're public relations documents? They always do. I think so. Yep. But getting back to your, your infrastructure spending uh, point, Roy, you know, infrastructure has an extremely loose definition. Yes. And I think Canadians, if they truly think it's going to go to bridges and roads and, you know, the things that we know, transit systems, things we know we need, would be a heck of a lot more supportive than if we think. And you can bet a good chunk of that dough is going to go right into the pockets of already overpaid government workers. Uh, and, and that, to me, is not infrastructure. And if it's going to go into certain ridings, well, because they're liberal, and, and all the parties do it, so I'm not being yeah. any you know, critical of one over the other. They all do it. But, you know, that's why I've always favored programs, and I've said it before on your show, things like um, renovation tax credits. It, it, everybody can use them fairly, level playing field. They have a tangible boost effect. They really, they really change the timing of people thinking about maybe doing projects in their home. You can find a ton of projects like that. You're not depending on some bureaucrat to make a decision, usually a very bad decision about some infrastructure project. You're not overpaying like you do, as, as we've discussed before, too. Union-only contracting means we end up paying 40 to 50% often more than we need to because so many legitimate businesses are cut out. So, you know, it's fine to say infrastructure, but that can mean a million different things. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, Aaron Woodrick. And Mr. Woodrick is going to share with us who got the the 2016 uh, annual Teddy Waste Awards. I was just looking for some of the examples here. There's some buttes. We're and by the way, back. he's here too. Aaron's here too, Roy, just so you know. He's there too? He's at the conference. Yeah, Everybody who's important is yeah. there. Like That leaves Michelle, uh, Linda, and me out. So. <laughs> we know what we are then. We'll just share a pizza. We'll, That's right. <laughs> we'll so take a break. Win, maybe she'll buy you some. She did for the teachers' union. Oh, yeah. well, there oh, you go. There she go. did too, didn't she? Yeah. We'll come back with Catherine, Michelle, and Linda and be joined by Aaron Woodrick right after this. Somebody asked Ronald Reagan once, uh, how do you start a small business? And the classic answer, of course, was start a big one and wait. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about Kathleen Wynne as a, as a money manager. 
folks, if you want to have a listen to, and she was talking about cap and trade and how, you know, cap and trade is going to be the answer to everything. Have a listen to Dr. Bjorn Lomborg on this program in our first hour. Just go to RoyGreenshow.com in the podcast. You'll find it there. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg today, world-renowned environmentalist, economist, the founder of the uh, Copenhagen Consensus Center, where they have um, Nobel laureates and international celebrated economists, not to, not to, not to the, not at Catherine Swift's level, but you know, they're pretty good. Um, and, uh, and, and he's just have a listen and I'll post it on Twitter as well. Anyway, the reason that I bring this up is that Aaron Woodrick joins us on the Roy Green show on the chorus radio network, the federal director of the Canadian taxpayers federation. Aaron, normally what I would do is you know, Kevin O'Leary thinks he has a shark tank. Yeah. If I put you in with Catherine, Swift, Michelle Simpson, and Linda Levendale, that's the real Shark Tank. <laughs> I hear you. There's no escape from this one, you know. This, this is it. It's over. If they decide to take you, you're gone. But we, we thank you for taking the time, and we want to talk to you about the Teddy Awards, the 18th Annual Teddy Government Waste Awards. Now, give us, in, in 20 seconds, give us the history, please. Yeah, so these are awards named after a guy named Ted Weather about 15 years ago. He racked up some dining expenses of 150 grand and lost his job. So, to honor that sort of spectacular uh, example of government waste, we name these awards after him. And every year, we pick the most ridiculous cases, and uh, we have a Sarah, an Oscar-like ceremony, and we hand out these uh, Golden Pig Awards. Okay, so I'm going to go through. I'll, I'll give you the categories real quick, and you give us a 20-second description of each one, please. Yeah. The uh, federal Teddy winner, Canada's 2015 COP Paris delegation. Yeah, so we sent more than 300 people to this climate change conference. Uh, it's quadruple the size of the year before, Roy. It just made no sense at all. Uh, you're adding all these carbon emissions flowing people over there. Um, and even the Green Party uh, MLA from BC said there's no point in sending so many people. This is It's just a ridiculous circus. And just the cost from one ministerial office, you're right, ran to $282,000. Yeah. Why am yeah. I laughing? The Provincial yeah. Teddy Award winners, PEI's Department of Tourism and Culture. <laughs> this is a fun one, Roy. So they printed up a tourism guide. Uh, there's a man and a woman on the front cover. Uh, but if you look closely, the man, well, let's just say he looks very excited to be in Prince Edward Island. It's shown through his pants. Um, and so no bureaucrat caught, uh, caught this. And, uh, you know, we were looking to see if they actually reprint the guide. But apparently all 180,000 copies are out there with this, uh, this bulge in this man's pants. All right. Maybe they thought that was a selling feature, Aaron. Might be well, some questions I shouldn't have. Looking to see, yeah, and their their tourism might be up next year. Who knows? <laughs> That's right. Ah. <laughs> All right. Now we have many listeners in Calgary of News Talk 770. Municipal Teddy Award winner, the City of Calgary's waste station, Poop Palace. That's right, the Forest Lawn uh, lift station. So this is interesting, Roy. They have a rule in Calgary where they have to spend something like 1% of their city budget on public art, and they couldn't figure out what to spend it on here. So this is essentially a sewage station at the top of a hill, and there's lights on the outside, and the lights change color depending on how much sewage is being processed. So the, <laughs> the neighbors are not happy about this. They christen this the Poop Palace. So when you're, when you're visiting Calgary, you see all the lights change, you say, honey, let's go see what that is. <laughs> Exactly. You'd think it'd be something they'd want to, you know, sort of keep discreet rather than sort yeah, of build some, on top yeah, of plant some trees around it. Right. Now, the yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award winner, who else but Bombardier? 
Well, there really was no other competitor this year, uh, Roy. I mean, this is a company that has just been bleeding taxpayers dry for half a century. Um, they've asked for more, of course, and we, uh, you know, we have been very aggressive on this point. It's absolutely asked to stop. This is money that should be spent on things like schools and hospitals, not handed over a company that cannot sell planes uh, for, for more than the cost to make them. Okay, I'm going to turn things over to Catherine Michelle and Linda to talk to you, but I just want to mention one more because there's, there's many more. You can go to, uh, is it taxpayer.ca? Taxpayer.com, yes. Taxpayer.com. That's taxpayer, singular.com. That's right. Um, uh, Municipal, this is a beauty, City of Victoria, for spending $10,000 on installing musical sensors on the stairwell railings in the municipal parking garage. Yeah, you go into the stairwell and you touch the railing. Yeah, yeah, apparently there's lights and sound and... You know, for some reason, the city of Victoria thought this was a pressing municipal concern. People were apparently, uh, you know, I'm guessing complaining about the, the poor uh, ambiance in the stairwells <laughs> of the parking garage. So they dropped $10,000 on There you go. All right. We have, uh, we have two and a half minutes. Catherine, Michelle, Linda, have at it. Well, I love the Severance 7. I mean, talk about piggies at the tax trap, new MPs collecting, you know, because they served in other areas of government. Um, we don't have that right. And also, I want to make this statement, Aaron. I've been a long supporter of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and good for you for putting this out every year and reminding, because we keep on, uh, the Ontario budget was a travesty. The taxpayers are getting screwed across this country. So keep up the good fight. Well, thank you. We try and have fun with it. Uh, you know, it is a challenge, and, and uh but, you know, we, we, you know, we think having humor certainly gets people's attention with it. But with respect to the Severance 7, I should say, the really interesting thing here is most Canadians, when they hear severance, what they think of is, you know, if you're thrown out of a job unexpectedly, you need something to help tide you over. Right. It's not for people who quit in the middle of a term voluntarily and then go get a more higher-paying job. I mean, that just not, does not sit very uh, well with most people. Which happened with a, with a uh, Quebec city councillor we talked about just a couple of weeks that's, ago. That's right. He's, and he's one of the seven. But there are a few principal ones, I should say, Roy, they turn it down. They said no, and then we certainly applaud that. Now, what about the, uh, guys, what about the, the story about um, the members of Parliament who may be opting for a four-day work week and they want better sure. deals because they want to spend more time with their families? I thought, I thought, I thought being a Outrageous. member of Parliament involved some sacrifice for your country. No, it, it does. It, it, there's no question that it does, but it can be managed. You know, a, to a, a, a big degree, uh, I, I'm tired of the whining about how hard they work because i was there and yes i you know i worked hard but i've worked hard at other things so i you know i i think that is absolutely ridiculous well maybe they should take a 20 percent pay cut then maybe we can talk about it the other thing to consider is i mean i was in ottawa for many many moons at cfid as you know and you will never find anybody or very rarely on a friday unless they're an ottawa mp because then they don't have to travel you know fridays are travel time what this will mean is a four-day week, what is already de facto a four-day week, is going to go to a three-day week. That's what this yeah. means, which is outrageous. Yeah. And one well, week a month, they're back in their constituencies. Yeah. And you folks, know, I really think they should extend their hours then. I mean, why don't they come out and say, okay, we're going to add three hours or two hours to every workday officially. Uh, that would give me a little more confidence. But I still think, you know, a lot of people have to jump. Unfortunately, schedule. we have to hold back on extending our hours because we're out of time. Oh, no. Um, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much. Taxpayer.com. Catherine, Michelle, Linda, we'll see you all again next Saturday. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Sounds good. Toodle Thanks, beauties. Aaron.